Hey, Defenders. Welcome to Chapter 16 and 17 of Destro. Don't forget, you can find your reading response journal at bit.ly forward slash VDPS project journal. And now, this week's reading. Book Second, Chiroscuro. Chapter 16, Blinded by the Light. As our story continues, reader, we must go backwards in time to the birth of a rat, a rat named Chiroscuro and called Rescuro. A fat rat born into the filth and darkness of the dungeon several years before the mouse Destro was born upstairs in the light. Reader, do you know the definition of the word chiaroscuro? If you look it up in the dictionary, you will find that it means the arrangement of light and dark, darkness and light together. Rats do not care for light. Rescuro's parents were having a bit of fun when they named their son. Rats have a sense of humor. Rats, in fact, think that life is very fun. And they are right, reader. They are right. In the case of chiaroscuro, however, the joke had a hint of prophecy to it. For it happened that when Rescuro was a very young rat, he came upon a great length of rope on the dungeon floor. Ah, what have we here, said, said Rescuro. Being a rat, he immediately began to nibble at the rope. Stop that, boomed a voice, and a great hand came out of the darkness and picked up the rat by his tail and held him suspended upside down. Were you nibbling on Gregory's rope, rat? Who wants to know, said Rescuro, for even upside down, he was still a rat. You smart alecky rat, you smart alecky rat, nib nib nibbling on Gregory's rope. Gregory will teach you to mess with the rope. And keeping Rescure upside down, Gregory lit a match with the nail of his thumb and then held the brilliant flame right in Rescuro's face. Ah, said Rescuro. He pulled his head back away from the light. But alas, he did not close his eyes and the flame exploded around him and danced inside him. Has no one told you the rules, said Gregory. What rules? Gregory's rope rat is off limits. So, apologize for chewing on Gregory's rope. I will not, said Rescuro. Apologize. No, filthy rat, said Gregory, you black-souled thing. Gregory has had it with you rats. He held the match closer to Rescuro's face. A terrible smell burnt of burnt whiskers rose up around the jailer and the rat. And then the mat went, match went out and Gregory released Rescuro's tail. He flung him back into the darkness. Do not ever touch Gregory's rope again or you will be sorry. Rescuro sat on the dungeon floor. The whiskers on the left side of his face were gone. His heart was beating hard, and though the light from the match had disappeared, it danced still before the rat's eyes, even when he closed them. Light, he whispered aloud, and then he whispered the word again, light. From that moment forward, Rescuro showed an abnormal, inordinate interest in illumination of all sorts. He was always in the darkness of the dungeon, on the lookout for the light, the smallest glimmer, the tiniest shimmer. His rat soul longed inexplicably for it. He began to think that light was the only thing that gave life meaning, and he despaired there was so little of it to be had. He finally voiced this sentiment to his friend, a very old one-eared rat named Botticelli Remorso. I think, said Rescuro, that the meaning of life is light. Light, said, Boscuro, said Botticelli. Ha, <laughs> ha, kill me. Light has nothing to do with it. What does it all mean, then? asked Rescuro. The meaning of life, said Botticelli, is suffering, especially the suffering of others. Prisoners, for instance. Reducing a prisoner to weeping and wailing and begging is a delightful way to invest your existence with meaning. As he spoke, Botticelli swung from one extraordinary long nail of his right front paw, a heart-shaped locket. He had taken the locket from a prisoner and hung it on a thin braided rope. Whenever Botticelli spoke, the locket moved back and forth, back and forth it swung. Are you listening, Botticelli said to Rescuro. I am listening. Good, said Botticelli. Do as I say and your life will be full of me. This is how to torture a prisoner. First, you must convince him you are a friend. Listen to him. Encourage him to confess his sins. And when the time is right, talk to him. Tell him what he wants to hear. Tell him, for instance, that you will forgive him. 
This is a wonderful joke to play upon a prisoner, a promise for forgiveness. Why? asked Roscuro. His eyes went back and forth, back and forth following the locket. Because, said Botticelli, you will promise it. Ha! But you will not grant it. You gain his trust, then you deny him. You refuse to offer the very thing he wants. Forgiveness, freedom, friendship, whatever his heart most desires, you withhold. And at this point in the lecture, Botticelli laughed so hard he had to sit down and catch his breath. The locket swayed slowly back and forth and then stopped altogether. Ha! said Botticelli. Ha ha ha! You gain his trust, you refuse him, and ha ha! You become what he knew you were all along, what you knew you were all along, not a friend, not a confessor, not a forgiver, but ha ha! A rat! Botticelli wiped his eyes and shook his head and sighed a great sigh of contentment. He set the locker, locket in motion again. At that point, it is most effective to run back and forth over the prisoner's feet, inducing physical terror along with the emotional sort. Oh, he said, it is such a lovely game, such a lovely game, and it is just absolutely chock full of meaning. I would very much like to torture a prisoner, said Roscuro. I would like to make someone suffer. Your time will come, said Botticelli. Currently, all the prisoners are spoken for. Another prisoner will arrive sooner or later. How do I know this to be true? Because, Roscuro, thankfully, there is evil in the world, and the presence of evil guarantees the existence of prisoners. So soon there will be a prisoner for me? Yes, said Botticelli Remorso. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Ha ha ha, of course you're looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it because you are a rat, a real rat. Yes, said Roscuro, I am a real rat. Concerned not at all with light, said Botticelli. Concerned not at all with light, repeated Roscuro. Botticelli laughed again and shook his head. The locket, suspended from the long nail on his paw, swung back and forth, back and forth. You, my young friend, are a rat. Exactly, yes, evil, prisoners, rats, suffering. It all fits together so neatly, so sweetly. Oh, it's a lovely world, a lovely dark world. Chapter 17, Small Comforts. Not long after this conversation began with Botticelli and Roscuro, a prisoner did arrive. The dungeon door slammed and the two rats watched a man being led by king soldiers down the stairs into the dungeon. Excellent, whispered Botticelli. This one is yours. Roscuro looked at the man closely. I will make him suffer, he said. But as he stared up at the man, the door to the dungeon was suddenly flung open and a thick and brilliant shaft of afternoon light cut into the darkness of the dungeon. Ah, said, said Botticelli. He covered his eyes with one paw. Roscuro, however, he stared directly into the light. Reader, this is important. The rat called Chiroscuro did not look away. He let the light from the upstairs world enter him and fill him. He gasped aloud with the wonder of it. Give him his small comforts, shouted a voice at the top of the stairs, and a red cloth was thrown into the light. The cloth hung suspended for a moment, bright red and glowing, and then the door slammed shut again, and the light disappeared, and the cloth fell to the floor. It was Gregory, the jailer, who bent to pick it up. Go on, said the old man as he held out the cloth to the prisoner. Take it. You'll need every bit of warmth down here. So the prisoner took the cloth and draped it around his shoulders as if it was a cloak. And the soldier of the king said, right then, Gregory, he's all yours. And the soldier turned and went back up the stairs and opened the door to the outside world, and some small light leaked in before he closed it behind him. Did you see that? Roscuro said to Botticelli. Hideously ugly, said Botticelli. Ridiculous. What can they possibly mean by letting all that light in at once? Don't they know this is a dungeon? It was beautiful, said Roscuro. No, said Botticelli. No. He looked at Roscuro intently. Not beautiful. No. I must see more light. I must see all of it, said Roscuro. I must go upstairs. Botticelli sighed. Who cares about the light? Your obsession with it is tiresome. Listen, we are rats, rats. We do not like light. We are all about darkness. We are about suffering. But, said Roscuro, upstairs. No buts, said Botticelli. No buts, none. Rats do not go upstairs. Upstairs is the domain of mice. 
took the locket from around his neck. What, he said, swinging it back and forth, is this rope made of? Whiskers. The whiskers of whom? Mice. Exactly. And who lives upstairs? Mice. Exactly. Mice. Mice are nothing but little packages of blood and bones afraid of everything. They're despicable, laughable, the opposite of everything we strive to be. Do you want to live in their world? Oscuro looked up, past Botticelli to the delicious sliver of light that shone out from underneath the door. He said nothing. Listen, said Botticelli, this is what you should do. Go and torture the prisoner. Go and take the red cloth from him. The cloth will satisfy your cravings for something from that world. But do not go up into the light. You will regret it. As he spoke, the locket swung back and forth, back and forth. You do not belong in that world. You are a rat. A rat. Say it with me. A rat, said Oscuro. Ah, but you are cheating. You must say, I am a rat, said Botticelli, smiling his slow smile at Roscuro. I am a rat, said Roscuro. Again, said Botticelli, swinging his, rack, his locket. I am a rat. Exactly, said Botticelli. A rat is a rat is a rat. End of story. World without end. Amen. Yes, said Roscuro. Amen, I am a rat. He closed his eyes. He saw again the red cloth spinning against the backdrop of gold. And he told himself, reader, that it was the cloth he desired and not the light.